0: You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Anthony Owen. Anthony is the co founder of a $20 million per year annuity agency, president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems, co founder of Safe Money Radio Marketing, and monthly contributor to ThinkAdvisor. Each week, Anthony and his partners at Annuity Agents Alliance update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales tools, sales process, and case design strategies. Before we get started, hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss information that will help you build your annuity business.
1: Hello, Annuity Agents, and welcome to the Annuity Agents Podcast. This is Anthony Owen. Uh, thanks for joining us today. If you're listening to us on one of our many social media channels, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the podcast channels, uh, hit a like, subscribe, whatever it takes to uh, get notifications that uh, uh, we're doing these podcasts so that you can make sure and listen to them in the future. We'd be happy to have you join us each and every time we do one. We're doing uh, one about every other week right now. And uh, if it's uninterrupted by uh, travel or whatever is going on. So uh, thanks for joining us again. Today, we are continuing on our uh, part three of maximizing your opportunity. In the golden age of annuities and today we're going to be talking about four budget stages of marketing and you know in part one and two we talked about how important it is to define your processes even define uh, words like marketing and uh, efficiency uh, and things like that that might be kind of intuitive but it's important to know what that looks like in your business. And if you're joining us here for the first time, I highly encourage you to go back to part one and listening to that and then do part two before you uh, listen to this part three of maximizing your opportunity, the golden age annuity. This is the golden age. As we talked about in part one, we uh, have a demographical bubble called the baby boomer bubble. And, uh, Everybody knows about that already. It's not something new, but uh, there's some numbers behind that. And like I said, the wind is at our backs. This annuity business is growing massively every single year. It cannot not grow. It's just a numerical fact that it must grow because every year we have more people turning age 65 until that doesn't happen anymore. And then uh, we're already starting to see some consolidation in this business, and we're going to continue to see more of that. We're going to see more competition, and uh, that competition is going to come at the institutional level. It's already coming. We already see direct sales in MIGAs. We're going to see a, a expansion of that. We're going to see some major uh, brokerages. Uh, I'm anticipating that Uh, There'll be some people that would never breathe of even would never even dream of saying the word annuity uh, and they'll be selling it. And so competition is increasing. It's really important for you to uh, have the right partnerships in place that can help you maximize this opportunity, have the right marketing in place, the right case design, sales support, mentoring, everything that it takes to help you be more efficient in the business Uh, And then it's also important that you take advantage of those opportunities because, you know, it's real easy to say that you want help and it's not always easy to get help. Uh, We all have the tendency to think that we're better than we are. And uh, sometimes we're just embarrassed to ask for help. Uh, We don't feel like we're worthy uh, because uh, some organizations, if you don't do a certain amount of production... Uh, You don't really get the time of day. Uh, And, you know, I'll be honest, we can't work with uh, everybody in this business. But, uh, you know, what we're looking for is improvement. If you want to improve your business, then that doesn't mean killing it. You know, I mean, it's, we have, you know, geez, I have guys in this business that are working way beyond what I want to work in years, and uh, they're still uh, plugging away. And that's a great thing about this business. You never really have to quit. The older you get, the more you fall into your demographic, the more gray area, gray, area, uh, gray hair you have, the more gray hair uh, that you hang out with. And so there's an opportunity to do this business uh, almost perpetually, as God willing, as long as your mind and your body allow yourself to. And so we take all types, but you know, what we're really looking for is partners and meaningful relationships. You want to help me grow my business. I want to help you grow yours. All of our marketers here at annuity agents lines feel the same way. We have a vested interest in your business. Our new business processor gets paid commission on your business. Our marketers get paid commission on your business. Uh, they are directly vested In your business, of course, this doesn't come out of your uh, commission; it comes out of the overrides from the carriers. But uh, everybody here is uh, directly compensated by our partnerships. It's not a salary and bonus thing. It's we make money when you sell; you make money when you sell. Uh, If you don't sell, we don't make anything. So, and that's the way it should be. So, we want to help you build your business because it helps us build ours. And I hope you want us to build our business too, because that would make it a uh, mutually beneficial relationship. And those are the best types of relationships there are. So today, once again, we're going to talk about uh, different types of budgets. And this is really important uh, for you to define this in your business. What stage are you in? How do you get to the different stages Because uh, if you're going to build your business, you need to get some efficiency. You need to increase your case size, your closure rate. You need to develop a sales process, which we love to help people develop uh, through our five-step sales process and our laddered inflation-hedged income case design. Um, But uh, you're not going to grow this business by staying in the same place. There has to be movement And if you don't want to move, if you want to do your 2 to $3 million a year and you're happy with that, you've kept your expenses low and that creates a good lifestyle for you, um, then more power to you. And we're happy for you if you're in that situation and we don't expect anything more from you than you expect from yourself. But there are people that do want to grow this business to the next level, so I have to address uh, that issue also. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is building it to the next level. So four stages of budgets uh, for marketing and uh, stage one expense budget. And everybody starts out in this place. I don't know anybody who hasn't. This is how I started out back in 2006. And basically the way it worked, even though I had all kinds of debt And I didn't really have money to spend. I knew that if I did not market, then I was not in a business. I was just fooling myself and I could find tons of things to stay busy with. Um, But, you know, just because I'm busy doesn't mean I'm productive. So it's important not to conflate those two things. And so, you know. Uh, I had to decide to spend money on marketing. And the best way to do that when you're starting out is to decide what you think you can afford, stretch that a little bit beyond your comfort zone, and then choose an amount that you're going to spend every single month and be consistent with it. Uh, Now, during this time, this is a crucial time in everybody's business because you're just getting started. Or you're not at least, maybe you've been doing this for a while and you're still in this stage, but you're in a stage where you can't really afford failure, right? If you go two or three months without selling anything, uh, you don't necessarily have the capital to uh, recover. And, you know, we just had this uh, pandemic thing happen, uh, you know, we're, we're in uh, uh, April of 2022 right now. And uh, a lot of guys who are not capitalized that perpetually kind of stayed in this expense budget stage uh, when COVID hit, uh, they got taken out of the business. And so you don't want to stay in this stage. Uh, And so it's really important during this time that you, uh, with all your might, everything that you can do with all the mentorship and the help you can get. Uh, This should be a time when you're calling us at Annuity Agents Alliance for case design on every single case you could get. Uh, You are doing a full fact finder on every single case you have. You don't want to leave any chips on the table. You don't want to leave any chance that you don't maximize case size and closure rate because your budget situation is crucial. Uh, Any amount of failure, any amount of not increasing your case size and closure rate uh, could cause you not to have money to spend money on marketing, which would put you out of business. So uh, I call this uh, budget uh, stage kind of attack mode. Like you cannot afford to relax. Um, this should also be a time when you're spending every waking hour trying to build your business that you can. I mean, learning products, reading, studying, Uh, learning about investments that you don't sell, learning about variable annuities, if you're not securities licensed, if you don't have uh, a series seven license and you don't work with uh, variable annuities, that doesn't mean you shouldn't learn about them. Your clients might own them, you might need to know about them. So you should be reading prospectuses and knowing how these products are put together, knowing what the benefits and 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 the pitfalls are of those products learning about bonds and mutual funds and other types of investing. If you have a client that uh, you know, wants to put all his money in dividends, knowing what the pros and cons of that are. Now, if you're not securities licensed, you can't give investment advice, but you can understand the risk and reward of a certain investment. And you can ask your client questions. Remember, when you're not securities licensed, you can't give advice. And if you are securities, uh, uh, securities license, you shouldn't give advice <laughs> because uh, giving advice is the worst way to sell. You sell by asking questions, finding out more about your client, finding out what their needs are, what their fears are, what they want to accomplish. Uh, you can't do that by giving advice. You can only do that by asking questions. You don't have to have a securities license to ask questions. Your client knows the answers. He can answer those. She can answer those. Uh, So working hard, building efficiency as quickly as possible due to the limited uh, budget, and then uh, building your business uh, off of your inconvenience. You know, we all have a tendency to be lazy. I told you in, in part one of this that I tend to take the path of least resistance. I think a lot of that is just human nature for most of us, and I have to force myself to get out of my comfort zone. Getting out of your comfort zone is never fun. Uh, Everybody wants things to be convenient as much as possible. Uh, But during this stage of your uh, marketing uh, budget, uh, you cannot afford your convenience. I mean, maybe you can. I mean, maybe you're lucky. Maybe you have a lawyer that sends you uh, cases constantly. Uh, But I wouldn't even rest on that because, you know, that, that kind of sugar daddy situation can always go away and then, What do you have after that? You know, if your business has been built off of easy street, you know, what happens when easy street isn't around anymore? So I would still be trying to get yourself out of your comfort zone and inconvenience yourself uh, to get to the next level And geography should not be a boundary. Uh, You know, if you have to drive four hours to meet a client, just go drive four hours. Right. I mean, Uh, assuming you want to get to the next level. Now, remember, I'm talking to uh, partners that want to get to the next level. If you don't want to get to the next level, this is not a disparagement to you. This just means that what I'm talking about might not apply to you. But, you know, you're probably in the 500th, you know, you might be at zero annuity production right now, anywhere up to 3 million. And I always say, you know, until you get past three million dollars in production, in this business, um, you really probably don't have a business. You you have a good living. The first million goes to marketing expenses. The second million goes to taxes, and then the third million goes to your living expenses. And after that, it's pretty much taken up. So, uh, the great thing about this business is once you do four million. Uh, then unless you're living someplace where the, the rent is real high, uh, that money is usually all frosting on the cake. And that money allows you to get capitalized and spend more money on marketing. And if you can spend more on marketing and, and uh, increase the number of people in your calendar, your business becomes easier. Uh, in the sense that you have more opportunity to succeed and fail. And if you have more opportunity to succeed and fail, you're going to have more success. So, you know, really you have to get past that $3 million mark in production, and you have to do that consistently. You can't be doing that uh, now and then. You have to do it every single month uh, to, or every single year to get to that uh, higher level. But this is kind of the first stage of budgeting uh, in your annuity business. Uh, Choose a dollar amount, spend it every month, stick with it. Persistency, consistency, don't retreat. Once you retreat, you're putting yourself out of business. You got to start all over again. Uh, And then inconvenience yourself. Do whatever it takes during this stage. Just accelerate. Uh, And, you know, I always say, you know, get mad, you know, get angry that uh, you have to uh, work this hard, Uh, but it'll all be worth it. Trust me. So uh, next level, we went from an expense budget. Now we're going to go to a calendar budget. And what this means is you're going to spend whatever it takes to fill your calendar to the extent that you want to fill it. Now, what that means is that once again, maybe there's some of you in this business who um, don't want to work as hard as you used to, or, you know, maybe you have other businesses going, maybe you have other streams of income. I mean, I have, I have a one partner who's a, a, a retired smoke jumper and he has a full pension coming in from federal firefighting. And then I have another partner that's also a firefighter and he works full time and does annuities on the side. Um, you know, the key is here is that it's not about, you know, being a mega producer and, you know, one of the things we got to be careful of is when we share the success of other producers and some of these guys are, you know, just killing it, so to speak, um, that we don't share the success of others while just disparaging, uh, producers that don't have that success or don't want to produce at that level. And when I say success, you know, air quotations again, because, you know, there's more things to life than money. There's balance. There's things like that. The key thing though, is don't tell yourself, don't tell us that you want to be a $15 million or 20 or 30 or $40 million producer, and then lie to yourself as far as what that's going to require. Uh, It's not fair to us and it's not fair to you. Uh, you know, if someone says they want to be a $15 million producer, and then they want all their leads within a 60 mile radius all the time, or they want to sell all their policies virtually, they don't want to get out the door. They don't want to spend more than $30,000 a year. Well, you're, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to us. And then chances are, if you're putting yourself in that situation, you're going to blame us or blame the marketing that you're not getting to where you want to be and that's a really sad situation i hate to see it because it's really frustrating it's frustrating for you it's frustrating for us and because we are vested in your business and uh, we only make money when you do um, we don't really care if you become a mega producer or not what we do care about is getting you to higher levels if you want to and you're being honest with yourself about that so Understand that if you're going to get to those bigger levels of production, you're going to have to uh, do some things that other people aren't willing or don't want to do, um, or, or, you know, are willing to do, or just don't want to do. So, uh, calendar budget, spending, whatever it takes to fill your calendar to the extent you want to fill it, uh, set appointments, goals, and reverse engineer the number of leads required to get you to that level. So, you know, what's my average case size? Well, let's say it's $200,000. Okay. Well then, uh, you know, well, let's, let's do it this way. Let's say that, you know, you want to get to that $15 million. Okay. Well, how many, um, you know, what, how many appointments does it take me to close business? Uh, what's my average case size per appointment? Um, how many leads do I need to get those appointments? So you're just going to reverse engineer the situation to do this. Like we talked about in part two is that you need to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, how are you going to reverse engineer your goals? But you know, how, how many leads do I need to buy to get to the number of appointments I need to get to, to get to the number of sales I need to get to based on the average case size of my sales, and then add all that up and see if it gets to you, to your goal. If it doesn't get to you to go, you need to increase the number of leads you're buying. Uh, So uh, to fill that calendar to the extent that you want to fill it, understanding that if you do this consistently, your numbers are going to improve. If you're intentional about improving your sales process, your numbers are going to improve as you do this. Uh, So you'll get exponential growth towards that goal. Uh, And like we said last time, uh, go back to part two and listen to what I said about use marketing as addition, not a replacement. You cannot afford to get rid of profitable systems or systems that will be profitable in the future. Um, radio marketing is a big part of what we do for our uh, top producers, but you know we have very large producers with us that don't do radio marketing at all. Uh, but the reason why I bring up radio uh, in this case situation is because It is probably one of the more common types of marketing, in addition to workshops, where someone quits before they have success. And uh, that's really sad. hate to see it. Uh, When uh, I know that it took us uh, six months to break even when we did radio. And then within the second six months, uh, we hit um, $10 million in production by the end of the year and had a return on investment well into the thousand plus percent and so if we had quit based on our break even experience in six months then uh, i might not even be talking to you today so don't quit just keep on going and get better at it and fill that calendar to the extent that you want to fill it i guarantee you if you get to this level of uh, marketing budget you're really going to see your business come along this is this is the budget stage where you start doing that four, five, $6 million in production. And uh, like I said, everything over 3 million, you know, your, your, your revenues increase exponentially compared to your uh, marketing budget. They don't, they don't go up on the same curve. So as your production increases because of frequency and consistency, uh, you'll see that revenue curve pull away from the expense curve. So you'll become more profitable, and if you're a wise business person, when you reach those higher levels of profit, you build up those uh, savings accounts, like I've taught: 100,000 in your personal account, 100,000 in your business account. Uh, put all your bills on autopay. Be willing to do research. I call it R&D, just like any business. You end up trying marketing systems. And when I say trying, I don't mean testing it for a week or a month. I mean, testing it for six months, a year and trying to make additional marketing systems work. You know, if you've never done workshops before, this is a great time in your business to add workshops and uh, get good at them because it takes a while to get good at uh, doing workshops. If you're someone like me and uh, get multifaceted in your marketing, but then be start to get capitalized to the point um where you uh can't uh have your business go backwards. Uh so this is kind of like you know it's not just about your business, about your personal expenses too. Make sure you're, you know, now that you get this surplus coming in, surplus of revenues coming in that you don't start taking three months off a year and taking lavish vacations and buying new cars and things like that. Invest back into yourself. Uh the third budget, uh, marketing budget, stage three of marketing is what's called a surplus budget. And for any of you that really want to do well in this business on a revenue basis, this is the stage that you have to get to. One of the injustices in life is that the more money you have, the easier things get. Sorry, just the way it is. You know, I mean, it's not fair, you know, uh, necessarily. Uh, you know, the person who gets to those levels probably worked really hard, though, so maybe it is fair. But, you know, the more money you have to throw at something, the easier it gets. Uh, you know, it's just it's just the way it goes. The less things cost, uh, the more money there is to be made. So, A surplus budget is when you have dollars to spend that uh, brings you in about 15 to 20% more leads than you can possibly get to. So one of the very important concepts in building a business is that you want to intentionally waste money on marketing. Every successful business, not just in this business, but every successful business wants to waste money Money on marketing, and when I say waste, it's not really waste, right? I mean, think about the restaurant that you can't get into. You know, I mean, if you own a restaurant, don't you want to? Don't you want to own the restaurant that is booked out for a month? Right? I mean, you could waste a little money on marketing if it caused you to be booked out for a month, because guess what? Guess what's really expensive? Not marketing. Like we talked about before, lost opportunity, missed opportunity. And what does missed opportunity look like uh, in this business? Uh, go back and listen to that list uh, of things, you know, you failed to close, failed to maximize case size, um, took too many appointments to uh, close, but guess what? Uh, an empty spot in your calendar is massively expensive. I mean, just think about like, if you had one extra spot in your calendar and you didn't fill that spot for the next 10 years, what is the long-term financial impact of that opportunity loss? I mean, just one sale can, you know, cause you to lose $70,000 in revenues or $140,000 in revenues. Imagine uh, if you, you know, most, most of the guys that are very proficient in this business, they close business, one out of every two times they meet with someone, right? So there's 52 weeks in a year. Let's just say that they don't use all 52 weeks. Let's say 40. So 40 weeks in the year, they're meeting with people. And then every single week in those 40 weeks, they have a space in their calendar that they didn't fill. So that's 20 applications. If their average case size is 200,000, holy smokes right? I mean, a lot of money. What if their average case size is 300000 or 400000 Now, the reality is if your average case size is 400000 you probably don't have unintentional gaps in your calendar. But even for those of us that are trying to get to those higher case sizes, uh, it's super expensive uh, to have a gap in your calendar. So having that surplus of leads, uh, is one of the ways to ensure that you don't have gaps in your calendar because they're so expensive. You'd rather spend money on marketing that gives you more leads than you can possibly get to more leads than are required to, to fill your calendar. Um, because the cost of an empty spot in your calendar is way more expensive than the cost of marketing. And, uh, you don't wanna experience that opportunity loss. So that's where, you know, you evaluate your budget and your marketing performance, you know your numbers and uh, you just automatically spend, you say, okay, I I could fill my calendar with $100,000 year in marketing. Uh, I'm gonna spend 120 and guess what? You're not gonna miss it. And I, I know this mathematically, I've worked this out in my own business. Uh, Times when I thought my calendar was full and we spent more money on marketing, we doubled our revenues. It's just amazing how much more room there is in your calendar and your opportunity than you think. Uh, Once again, frequency and consistency has exponential results uh, because of momentum too. Uh, So be confident that you're not wasting your money because you're not. Uh, You want to have those surplus leads. It allows you to cherry pick. Uh, In other words, you can limit the people you meet with based on the amount of money they have. Uh, If you have a, an assistant, uh, a sales assistant, or a sub agent, you can uh, let someone eat at the breadcrumbs of your table in this case, and then share and commission there. So there's a way to build some somewhat passive income, although you got to train people and make sure they're doing the right thing and stuff. But Um, you're always going to be better off with more leads than you can possibly get to than just trying to, you know, play that game of getting the perfect number of leads. Why not just live in excess when it comes to running your business? The fourth stage uh, is, uh, oh, and let's get into some numbers here. So within that third stage, be confident you're not wasting your money. Um, You know, I kind of mentioned it, but let me just go over the numbers. So Back in 2014, we had a situation uh, where we were way behind in the year. I mean, we're just, you know, it's just one of those years. We weren't producing what we wanted to produce. And so we had about $7 million on the books. And then September came around, and it got even worse. I mean, we just got into a sales rut, Uh and everybody falls into this. There's nobody, you know, when you hear about these mega producers and you think that they don't suck wind sometimes, (laughs) that's all a lie. I talk to these guys, I get the calls every year, like, Oh my God, you know, what's going on? Have I forgotten how to sell? You know, is there something wrong with my marketing? And we start going uh, back to basics and, and going through things. And, and in the end, it's just, Hey, Double your efforts, you know, double your marketing, double the number of calls you're making, double uh, the, your persuasiveness, uh, you know, I, I would call it aggression to some extent, just because it's it kind of captures more the motions of the situation, but, you know, we're not aggressive with our clients, obviously, but... You know, just get a little angry and, and, and get more active to get out of that rut. And that's how I've always done it. If, if I get a setback, I just work harder and that momentum uh, catches up. But, uh, you know, we ended up in a rut. And so I did this experiment where I said, let's uh, increase our uh, marketing budget uh, significantly uh, to uh, try and compensate for that, so our marketing budget at the time, up through August, was twelve thousand dollars per month. Not a small marketing budget. Okay, I mean we had leads coming in, but we were in this rut, and you know it's it's September, so the end of the year is not far away. We've got to do something about it. So uh, we increased our marketing budget by. Uh, $5,000. And instead of $12,000 a month, we increased it to $17,000 a month. Okay, That increased our leads per week from 12 to 16. Only four more leads per week is what we got out of that. Our net revenues went from $59,000 a month to $85,000 a month after expenses. So increasing our uh, marketing expenses by $5,000 a month increased our revenues by about $25,000 a month. Is that a good return on investment? It doesn't have to make sense. It just is what it is. Uh, You can operate in surplus. And before we increased, now keep this in mind. Before we increased our marketing expenses, our calendars were full. That was not the problem. Uh, our calendars were completely full. We had enough leads to fill our calendars. But for whatever reason, we were in a rut. Mental, uh, just random chance. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, so how are you gonna get out of it? You know, how, how are you gonna do that quickly? Well you know, you can increase your sales skill, but that's not going to happen quickly. I mean, that happens over the, your entire career, right? The only thing you can do is increase your frequency of opportunity. And so this is where operating in a surplus budget can uh, really be beneficial and uh, not just for getting out of rut situations, but just for growing your business. And this is. You know, this is the kind of situation when you're operating in a surplus budget, this is where you can get to that 10 to 15, maybe $20 million a year in production. And that's what I typically see. Now, the fourth step is called a branding budget, the fourth stage of marketing. Uh, A lot of uh, agents never get to this stage and a lot of agents never want to get to this stage. Uh, At this point in time, you're doing you know, you might be moving into the 30 and 40 and $50 million range and you're bringing on employees and, you know, you have a marketing assistant, you have someone booking appointments for you. You might have a sub agent at the very least, um, because, you know, eventually your business, I, you know, the reality is if you're organ, if you're an organized person, which some of us aren't, so this might not work for us, but if you're an organized person, and you're efficient with your time, you can actually build this business to $20 million a year without hiring a single, single person. I've seen it done over and over and over again. Um, that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It just means you can do it. Uh, but when you get up to that 30 and $40 million, you, you gotta have staff. You're, just, you're gonna kill yourself otherwise. And I would say, you know, somewhere around that $12 million range, you know, if you're still planning on growing it now, if you're going to go to 12 million and stay at 12 million, maybe not, but if you're going to grow beyond 12 million, you're going to need to bring on staff probably and start training them, uh, in because it's, you're going to need to gain some efficiencies in your time and stop doing things that take away your time. Um, But this branding budget thing, this is where you start spending money without any consideration for the return on that money. Um, In the surplus budget and the calendar budget, you know, kind of in the surplus budget, you're kind of getting out of that stage of like worrying about, you know, what your return is on your investment. But definitely in the branding budget, you're you're spending money and not worried about where it's going uh, because you have a machine. You just know that as long as your calendar's full with the right people, you are going to out revenue any expenses. And a perfect example of this is when I worked at Geico, we had a $400 million uh, budget. And when I first started working at Geico and became one of their top sales managers, we'd sit around and review the commercials and and, uh, decide which ones to use. And uh, this is back in the uh, genesis of, you know, the the Gecko commercials and things like that. And uh, we had a separate uh, toll-free number on every single commercial we ran because we wanted to know exactly what we got from that. So we could drop a station uh, or drop an ad if the ad didn't pull. uh, So we didn't waste money on that because Geico, we were the low-cost provider. We were trying to drive down the cost of insurance and that was uh, our niche in the market. so we couldn't afford to waste money on marketing. And so a separate phone number was on every single ad. And this is before you know e-commerce in the insurance world. So you know I don't even think we had our website on our ads, but we had a separate phone number and we tracked everything. Uh, I still have a younger brother that works at Geico and I asked him a year ago or so what their budget was for marketing. And uh he said it was over a billion dollars. Uh so it's grown. And guess what? Now when you see a Geico ad, there's no phone number sometimes, uh, or if it is, it's just the same phone number for every single ad. Uh and I've seen uh you know ads everywhere uh on the billboards and on the the sides of stadiums and things like that, where there's no phone number and no uh web address at all. um, because they've operated, they've uh, moved into what's called a branding budget, where they just know, uh, they take, okay, this is what we want our revenues to be this year. This is the percentage of money that we spend on marketing. So if our revenues are going to be, say, $50 billion, and we spend 2% of our gross on marketing, uh, then uh, we're going to spend a billion dollars on uh, marketing this year. And we're just gonna hand the money to our media buyers and say, put it everywhere. And we're just gonna have faith based on our track record that we're gonna make a significant profit on that. And then as our profit grows, our budget grows. That's simple. And so there's very few agents that get into this stage um, fully, you know, because they don't have the scale of Geico, right? Um, but they kind of trickle into this uh, stage. You know, it comes with up in your game with uh, client handout materials. Um, you know, one of the things we do for our partners that are starting to move into the stages, we actually look, come alongside them and start spending some of our money on them uh, to help them get into this without the expense. For example, I have a film crew that we fly all across the United States. If you hit a certain level of production, we send them out there and do promotional videos for you that you can use in your lobby or on your website. And, you know, we build the website for them too and all that, but, you know, you want to be all across the internet. You want to be on the park benches. You want to be, uh, you know, maybe doing some guest television, ex- uh, appearances, Uh, even though you're not going to get leads from those per se, it's just all part of brand building and you just trust that it's all going to come together. So in this stage, you don't measure marketing based on identifiable sources uh, in conversions. You really just measure it based on faith. And uh, so you use every single thing you can and you have staff to help you manage all that. Uh, So those are the four stages of marketing. The first, the most important are the first three, because that's really gets people to the, typically the level of success that they, most people want to be at. And then the fourth stage is more for, you know, maybe some of those younger guys uh, have more energy than some of us do, but um, that is how you capitalize on uh, marketing and build up your marketing uh, forward momentum, uh, take that capitalization, reinvest it, be intentional with it. Obviously your sales process and building your sales process comes alongside of this. Cause as we said, in our previous, um, parts of this series, uh, marketing is just an expense until you monetize it. And you are part of that formula. Once again, everyone, thank you for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed this series. If you have any questions about any of this, uh, go ahead and go to Annuity Agents Alliance, fill out the request info section of this. We'd be happy to talk to you, and uh, even if you talk to one of our marketers, uh, they will be more than happy to get me on the phone uh, and talk to you if you'd like to do that, if you're looking for a partnership um, we're more than willing to help you out. So thank you very much and have a great day. Thanks
0: for listening to the annuity agents podcast with Anthony Owen. For more information on how annuity agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business. Go to annuityagentsalliance.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please do us a favor and don't forget to hit that like button. Also, don't forget to subscribe and ring that bell to be notified of future podcasts. If listening on a podcast channel, please leave your rating and review if you like the show. The information and opinions expressed here by third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent those of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.